looking at my creative strategy and identifying parallels to how we can kind of still create those assets that embody the same content that those personas are consuming on a daily basis. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome. I don't care good, bad. I care only about skills that you can get on this podcast. Because I'm a student on this life, I keep learning every single day. I know that my audience loves to learn something new, valuable, unique. That is why I usually invite the best experts who can share great and valuable insights. Today, we have an interesting topic about the future of paid social. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Nesta Rivas. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing great. Looking forward to learn more. I, I love social media. I, I like to spend time on social media. And it's interesting. I decided to remove TikTok for a while because this social media learned my mind. I don't know how, but TikTok shares videos that i can't stop watching you know <laughs> i watch them like for two hours yeah <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that I, I just deleted the app like two days ago just to give myself a break <laughs> uh i think it's one of the smartest little algorithms i've seen oh, I agree. And it's better than what, what vine was at that point but like you can go down it for hours have you gotten to the point where it says like you need a break <laughs> yeah yeah uh, th that is why i decided to remove uh, i couldn't fight with tiktok i know how it's funny interesting uh but yeah at, at that time i have many things to do and i need to pay attention to other priorities but i i'll get back i'll get back to tiktok and we'll find the way <laughs> uh Nesta, before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you yeah so um i got my start over in the startup space where i headed a lot of uh, marketing operations and then marketing events um it was i was the first marketing hire so um took a lot of uh trial and error to figure out what actually worked um i quickly realized that i wanted to get into the paid social realm where i got my first time start with paid social um, at no good where within the first couple months uh, i wasn't just working with uh, b2b SaaS companies I worked with dtc brands and varying industries where now I lead about six different clients. I oversee the strategy down to the execution as well as iteration. I'm also part of an internal team here at No Good where um, we work on AI and any AI initiatives and processes. And we're always thinking about ways to optimize our workflows as well as um, just kind of use like different use cases for different departments within the agency as well. So um, it's been really cool to be a part of that. And now actually, I'll be leaving no good here. I'm going to be over at uh, Power Digital as a paid or a paid strategist or whatever, whatever the paid social strategist for TikTok. Um, and I'll be working primarily within that channel. So it's funny we we're talking about that here earlier. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. I, I want to ask about choosing the right social media because, uh, for example, I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. Gary Vaynerchuk and he has 10 million followers almost everywhere you know on all social media and uh, I think uh, people don't understand 
all his tips and I remember in 2020 I decided to grow my social media accounts almost everywhere I posted content on Facebook Instagram TikTok YouTube uh, everywhere LinkedIn Twitter but I failed I failed to get results because of uh, you know I think that the main reason I, I was like jack of all trades master of none uh, mm. but when I switched my attention to LinkedIn I got first meaningful results because of uh, choosing one social media to engage with the audience to pay attention to specific social media and um, I I think uh, Gary V uh, did something similar because he started on Twitter then uh, extended to YouTube to Facebook uh, can you tell about choosing the right social media uh, from your experience how to do it yeah um Again, it's funny you mentioned Gary Vee. I, I read his book. I forget the title of the book, but he called TikTok's explosion like seven or eight years ago. I think it was called Musical.ly at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I got to be on, on uh, I was still in college at the time and, and got to watch the channel just completely blow up. Um, just they put tents and a lot of events and marketing that they did internally um, or externally on college campuses. So you're completely right on how he talked about volume of working within channels, but I do think it takes a little bit of a careful eye to see what channel actually makes sense for your uh, particular company and your brand. I see a lot of uh, either D2C or B2B companies looking at TikTok. They look at X and how things have changed internally within their ads manager. Threads has come on for Meta. You know, what is that gonna look like? Is that gonna be a part of the, the advertising space? Um, I think when you're evaluating, you just have to take a step back on and see like what your goals are aligning to. Um, because what I've seen from B2B, if you approach it just as purely conversion channel for if it's meta or uh, even LinkedIn, a lot of the times your CPCs are going to be extremely high. You're going to uh, overspend on your budget. You're not really optimizing for a cons- uh, customer journey. So um, really it's taking a step back and understanding where your personas, who your personas are and what is the information they need to actually make the decision. So education to the point of sale is a term I've heard around a lot. Um, And so if I'm looking at B2B, I would prioritize LinkedIn. Um, And then with Meta, it's good for getting conversions fairly quickly, but the quality of leads that come through is questionable. I don't think it has as high of a percent. So it's like, are you gonna go for the short term channel that's gonna drive the conversion that you know, makes your numbers look good? Or are you gonna optimize for close one, which is gonna require a little bit more work from the creative front. You know, If you're really thinking through the funnel, like what's the problem that they're looking for or maybe not even looking for or not aware of, then what information do they need to actually you know, circle this, uh, the solution internally and then what actual call to action can be utilized in your retargeting funnel to actually drive those conversions. Um, whereas I see like Facebook, I think the best objective within that channel specifically is sales and conversions. So it doesn't even optimize for, and, and if you use engagement, I haven't seen engagement or the in-platform leads really convert to those kind of close one losses. I think they optimize for more junk. Um, so that's how I would take a look at B2B and just like isolating the personas. What, where are they spending their time? What problems are you trying to solve? And then really thinking through the creative strategy. For DTC brands, it's similar but different. Obviously, if you're gonna, ha- it's not gonna be as long of a sales cycle. 
I still think you have to go very in depth in terms of your creative strategy and understanding what are you speaking to? Like, what are you solving for them and diving into the pain points? Um, I would isolate, uh, I mean, and, and D2C brands can go all over, right? You can, and I think B2B as well. Like, um, I've seen success with, with B2B brands from TikTok. I've seen success with D2C brands on TikTok. I've seen, um, it, it just really depends on what, what, where your people are spending their time and where are you getting um, feedback. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's a big mistake to think that TikTok is only for B2C and youngsters. Uh, LinkedIn is only for B2B uh, because you can get clients, customers on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Pinterest, everywhere. But you need to adapt specific channel to consider the audience and next i want to ask about uh, paid social media because i spoke with great experts and most of them pay attention to facebook uh, and google if you are talking about paid ads but uh, i have uh, i know some great experts who can uh, help customers with linkedin ads it's expensive channel but our main topic, paid social media. Can you tell how to become successful successful on all social media? Or it's better to choose one? Because I know experts just pay attention to specific social media and uh, can provide great results. But if we speak about all social media, it means you need to understand all the settings on uh, new things that are coming fast, uh, to adapt to them. Uh, so tell your tips how to do it. Yeah, I think... Uh, I've seen this in myself where you, you see a different channel and you kind of see it as this nice shiny object. Um, and I had, I've had to talk myself down on, on exploring multiple channels at once just because it's a lot to type to manage at once. And you mentioned this earlier, I think Jack of all trades, master of uh, none. And I think in the same way of like experimenting with channels, it's better to start with one to two um, prioritizing, like making sure you really understand the channel fully. Is this where your personas are spending their time and then optimizing that channel accordingly, having kind of a long-term vision on what, what experimental channel might work. Um, and seeing like, if you were to actually include that strategy, what would it look like? So kind of just including some type of projections and just keeping that as a long-term mindset, I think it's better to start very simplistically with one to two channels, master it, um, hit your goals, and then start looking for that experimental channel. Always have that kind of in the back of your mind and seeing what's working, what's not. Um, but that's exactly how I would approach it. Mm -hmm. uh, once I listened to audio podcast with uh, Stefan Spencer, he wrote a book with Rand Fishkin. He is well-known marketing expert. And he shared a story that he lost 500k on the LinkedIn ads to get zero leads. Wow. <laughs> okay. um. No, I, I mean, like, uh, Stefan Spencer knows marketing, but he lost 500k to know marketing. Uh, he's one of uh, well known experts in marketing. So uh, I think. Uh, you need to customize your methods uh, to specific channel. Can you tell how to do it if some experts can lose money? Uh, great experts, well-known experts can lose money. But how small companies, medium companies, it doesn't matter uh, how they can adapt to specific channels to 
get revenue, not to lose money. As in, I actually don't know who Stefan uh, Spencer is, so I need to probably work on that a little bit, or yeah. <laughs> read into him a little bit more, but... Um, it's yeah, not I about think... him, it's more about uh, that even great experts can lose money. To, yeah, absolutely. To I think I think I think marketing in itself, like yes, it's not. There is a a, a heavy. We're trying to move towards a, a place where marketing is more of a science than it is art. I still think we fall into like a little bit of both. I think that when you take a look at personas and let's say you do your creative strategy and you're exploring this channel and it makes sense and it lines up, it's an educated guess at the end of the day. Um, you can do all the research, but then you have to put the money behind it and see if what you hypothesized, if your experiments actually are going to drive the results that you're going for. It's all just an educated guess in a direction, really. Um, and then you have to be willing to pivot or iterate. And if this works, then we do this. And if this does not work, then we do X. And mm -hmm. you have to follow that train of thought. I think that right now on LinkedIn, you'll see a ton of flashy strategies that come across and I've done this and I've, you know, uh, decreased my CPA by 75% or hundred percent. Like the numbers are outrageous. Um, and you can get caught up into all of these little floating strategies. If you don't stick to one and have an exact plan of action of, you know, if in four weeks, this is how we would change. If this is not working, we're not hitting your goals or metrics. Um, you'll, you'll continue to lose money. Uh, it, it's having a plan after you've executed of uh, the best scenario and the worst scenario. Um, and I think that's, you can get caught up in in um, just doing things for the sake of doing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You don't need to do anything for the sake of doing this because your competitors can do, because you know from best practices, someone can do. You need to consider your strong side, unique selling proposition. And you mentioned about experiments. Uh, can you tell more about experiments before jumping with something like this, like 500K, you know, to paid marketing? I mean, like, of course, in, we lose money and it's part of marketing job. You need to experiment, to test. And uh, in organic reach, it's uh, not expensive like in paid marketing because we can test, we can fail, not all content uh can get results even most content can fail but uh some percent can provide results it, it works but what about paid marketing can you tell the budget that we need to use or uh how to minimize the risk of losing a lot of money yeah i think you mentioned two parts which is like the experiments how i would think through experimentation and then how i would allocate budget to avoid just dropping 500k into a channel yeah. without expected results um i can speak to experimentation a little bit more i think uh where i see things going wrong is again having that shiny strategy mindset where you're just jumping from strategy to strategy and not following through not giving yourself a timeline and a, a hypothesis so if we do comparison ads, we expect the CPA to drop by X percent. If we do not succeed in dropping the CPA by X percent, we will test, you know, another variation of a creative that has worked well to drop our CPA or test a different ad format. That would be an example of 
like looking through each experiment or setting up your experiments so you have a clear path to success. And that's how it would break up even at like, that's just a small uh, experiment, but like even at a higher level of what you expect out of a channel, having hard metrics on exactly what you expect your CPAs to be, the amount of leads you're trying to bring in closed one or just leads in general, depending on your strategy. Um, and then look at every channel, the Q3 or we're in Q4 strategy. Um, what interest groups are you testing? What creative strategy are you testing? Like there should be experiments outlining because essentially what happens, marketing also moves relatively quickly and you'll realize you're at the end of a quarter and, and maybe you hit your goals, maybe you didn't and you don't have a clear path of what you did to actually create those results. So making sure you have a clear path to success or even failure, being able to understand what did you do this quarter that, that led to a downturn versus the previous quarter, I think is extremely important in actually understanding and evolving as a marketer, as well as like moving your clients towards their overall goals. In terms of um, understanding or actually like projecting what you need to test, I think like the budget you need to test for a specific channel. I've seen it done a couple ways where you'll take like a very small percentage of the overall budget for that quarter and allocate it to specific um, channel. I think just giving it the proper amount of time. I think if you look at Reddit, it takes like five to six weeks for it to like, they say like, then you'll start getting results. So if you do a three week test, you can expect that you're not going to see um, exactly what you might. I mean, uh, there's there's people out there, I'm sure, but like you're not going to actually um, see the results that you want. I think for TikTok, I've done experimentations where it was only four weeks. Right. And and so then you you have that four week test. You're not even having time to optimize the UGC assets that you're putting out. Is that really enough time to evaluate? And I think it's about finding the right evaluation period for what channel is going to be successful, looking at best practices, keeping that in mind, especially when it's starting with a new channel and then getting a little bit more complicated. Um, that's the way I would approach like looking at different channels and, and testing them out. Yeah, you mentioned about uh, creativity uh, a little bit, but I want to jump a lot more because I think if you're not creative in marketing, you can't get results. If you copy others, if you create the same, paid ads it's impossible you know to win in engagement to win customers uh, because uh, users can see the same boring message can you tell how to become creative in paid marketing when we have huge competition million other companies who can market their products how to stand out from the rest <laughs> I've actually been thinking about this question a lot um, because honestly, I never saw myself like getting into market. I never saw myself as like a creative person. Like I can barely draw a stick figure and, I, and I'm a struggle for that. Um, so one thing I've seen too is, is uh, a part of trying to get the creatives that are going to get those conversions or get you closer to your goals if they're CTR goals, anything like that, is heavily, like really front-loading your research on your persona and identifying with the content that they consume on a daily basis. So for me, like outside of work, I'll game all day, right? And so um, I think about not all day. I do a lot of other things, but like essentially if I were to target like a gamer persona, right? 
I, I need to go through the process of looking at the, my, like my content that I'm consuming on a daily basis and looking at my creative strategy and identifying parallels to how we can kind of still create those assets that embody the same content that those personas are consuming on a daily basis. So if like, say you're working with um, like Notion, um, I think Notion is a pretty cool example, right? Like their ability to track projects that like you can create your own personal tracking system for everything that you do. If it's a light template, light life template or habit tracker, or even a workflow tracker for yourself outside of whatever project management system your company uses, you could easily do a comparison ad versus like an Excel sheet, which I've seen people, you know, track their habits and do things in, in Excel with that kind of, um, well, essentially that's what they would do. Right. So like making sure that you understand the persona and what content they're consuming on a daily basis, as well as keeping an eye out for all the creative strategies that are always being populated. I'm always seeing different formats. I think the other day I saw um, a text ad format, which break, breaks the best practice policy of like objective handling within the copy. And then like putting like putting the, the UI of the product on the side, um, which I think is an interesting format. I've also seen, where is it like, um, people use the Google search image and like will plug in the company's like logos all over. And I think it's a different, interesting way to break the feed. So um, I think two things that could be pulled from this is identifying the content that your personas consume on a daily basis and finding ways to kind of align to, to, to be able to um, create an asset that that resembles what they're consuming on a daily basis. And then the second part of that is um, bucketing your your uh, creative strategy. So if there's the comparison ad that's worked well for you, there's the um, text format that I had just mentioned that works really well for you, like figuring out ways to take a little bit more creative swings, um, especially if they're helping you hit your goals, as well as also like kind of we talked about experimentation, like keeping two or three on the outside. And if those assets stop performing, like what, how are you going to... Um, continue to iterate on your creative test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Love it, love it. Awesome. Uh, I want to ask about AI. Yeah, that was simple to ignore. Hard today, impossible tomorrow. And mm -hmm. I think all marketers today use AI. Uh, it's not like in many different niches because uh, I check a few studies, 25% of all people uh, adapt to AI. So 75% of occupations still ignore this tool, but in marketing, everyone can use AI, mm -hmm. content creators, writers, designers, almost everyone. Uh, can you tell how AI can help in your workflow for creating great paid ads for social media? Yeah. Um, I started working with AI like months ago, just out of like general curiosity, like outside of work, I would make like, I don't know if you've worked with mid journey or some of the other creative assets. I've, I've really loved, like, like I said earlier, I don't see myself as a creative person, but like being able to just tell a system to create something really awesome or so I have a vision for, um, has been like the, the best thing ever. I, I've spent countless hours working on that and then prompt engineering on chat GPT um you know asking questions around you know i think they have a bot that came out with snap ai and it's like supposed to be conversational so 
I've experimented a lot with AI and that's really helped me just like out of fun. And that's really helped me in terms of my marketing of like being able to engineer prompts that allow me to extrapolate data extremely fast. So to be a little bit more concrete, uh, one plugin that I, I think plugins are going to be the best thing that happens to ChatGPT in terms of like being able to utilize it for any function. So there's plugins for analyzing CSVs and just like understanding the data and then having it pump out information around what it's found. Of course, you need to like go through and actually see if it makes sense because sometimes ChatGPT will make up answers. Um, but essentially what I've been able to do is I'll use a link reader so let's say we onboard a different new client. I'll use a link reader to analyze the entire website and then build off like three value propositions that would align with certain personas. So then I pretty much expedite the workflow of like doing the research around personas and, and research. Obviously I'm gonna go in and do my own and kind of come to my own conclusions. But in terms of brainstorming, it's probably taken off like three or four hours of like a workflow of like a deep work session, because then I'm able to say, oh, okay, actually, as I'm reading through this website, this is exactly the personas I would look for. This one's a little bit off and re-engineering the prompt. So let's say I do actually go through the website and look, it gives me three value props and three personas. One of them doesn't make any sense. I can re-enter uh, re a different prompt to see if how they would actually adopt that persona. If there was another one that they were considering, or they meaning ChatGPT. Um, and then I would, uh, actually I build out those personas and then I would individually place them into a prompt and ask ChatGPT to write like different variations of ad copies. So now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I understand what the persona cares about. Um, because it lists out exactly who they are, the value props that are pertain to them. And now what would that ad copy look like? And then from there, I would then like kind of bucket like what creative tests I would put in place so like that whole process cuts out like 10 hours of research essentially because it's like my ultimate brainstorming partner for how I segment um, or how I think about personas how I think about value props how I think about ad copy how I think about actually speaking to that uh, consumer that potential customer um, and yeah it's been it's been extremely helpful but that's how I actually take a look at using uh, AI in my workflows Nice. You know, you, you unhided some of my secrets. Uh, <laughs> I never expected that you can do it, but you, you, you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, you know, uh, I think we have no secrets. Uh, if you want to hide something, uh, you need to expect that others can share uh, with uh, people. And that is why I usually share before other, but you did <laughs> before I think, me. Yeah, I, I even this morning I was uh, I was scrolling through Instagram and basically I had figured out a way to build blogs extremely quickly, which is like mm -hmm. re-engineering prompts. And it was like this whole reel about these five guys from Yale who figured out like this is their system for re-engineering prompts and building out blogs based off other people's writing. And I was like, um. Yeah, everybody like it, at this point, everybody's going to have similar ideas, like especially when it comes to ChatGPT. It's just it's mm -hmm. yeah, there's no point in even trying to hide it. Like there's a yeah. bunch of smart people working on this daily. It's like it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I want to ask about uh, prompt engineer. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, writing prompts, playing with them. Uh, 
and I think um, I disagree when someone can tell that AI is not replacing people. AI is replacing even today, and companies can fire people because of AI. And uh, we saw uh, some layoffs, uh, writers, uh, marketers, SEOs. Uh, but I think today, if you lose this job, you need to adapt. You need to uh, convert to prom engineer. Because, for example, if you ask me to write an article about weight loss, even by using AI, I can't. I can't because it's not my main topic. Uh, but I can do with organic reach. I think you, you can do with paid marketing because you know the topic. And I think if you uh, want to go ahead, it's important to become prom engineer today. Uh, and uh, great writers can beat uh, great writers by using AI. Uh, I mean, like... Uh, if you ignore this tool, you can't beat others. But if you use AI, then you can get great results. Can you tell your methods of writing these prompts? Where do you find ideas? Do you use best practices? I mean, like to, from best practices, take these prompts or just play yourself with your imagination, experience, intuition, anything? Yeah, I think that's been my my strategy is like I've just played around with it for hours. Um, I do see like there's a little prompt books and, and uh, little plugins you can put onto your browser that will help you prompt things uh, these out but like essentially i'm looking for the same thing uh week to week right like i'm looking for ad copy variations i'm looking for maybe value props if i'm onboarding a different client um i'm thinking about like even the creative strategy i think recently they uh updated where you can actually generate some creatives canva in ChatGPT recently so like then it's just investigating what what use case or what prompts could I use to get the results that I want? Um, I try not to bog myself down a little bit too much with all the other perfectly engineered prompts that are out there, because I'm sure you've taken a look at it, that there's thousands and you can completely get lost. Or you even see on LinkedIn, people are just like the best marketing prompts. And you're just like, okay, like <laughs> I, I might save it and get back to it. Um, but I need this for the specific use, uh, use case. I think those will be very helpful i think in the future um yeah it's it's been testing and playing around with it and, and seeing like just saving my own like prompts for the use cases that i want if it gets the results that i want then that's what works for me i don't need to spend more hours like figuring out the perfect prompt um that's how i really think about prompting and then you said a point which is interesting which is like people got laid off because of chat gpt i think that chat gpt is the the your best friend in terms of brainstorming um but I think that it's going to start weeding out, like, if you're not really pushing for innovation or innovative ideas, um, then ChatGPT is just going to be a regurgitation machine. Um, you have to really start thinking dynamically. I think the best use case for, like, mark just anybody any marketer is, like, you're, you yourself, as you've built yourself over the career, have invested in people different people on linkedin you've read different books you probably listen to different podcasts and you are a conglomerate of all those different ideas and that's what makes you type like unique in in how you approach your job you have a different complete perspective so to not lose sight of that when you're using ChatGPT, use that perspective to infuse ChatGPT as a brainstormer help but i think that's what makes it distinctly unique because i'm not going to pull from the same um writing influences that you are or the same marketing strategies that you are 
likely it might not be the case, but likely. Um, so to not get too bogged down with that, I think it's going to, it's going to weed out people who are, who, uh, if it can automate a job, sure. But I think it's going to also open the opportunity to, for those who are going to be more innovative in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone needs to consider AI and we still have time before terminators will kill all human beings. Uh, so <laughs> we, you can adapt, <laughs> but when it's time, we'll, I don't know when we will have the time to fight with Terminators. Yeah, we don't need to use AI. Today is the best time to use AI to adapt to this tool. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to ask about failing. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them because I usually start from best practices, from generic uh, recommendations. Then I fail all the time. I don't remember uh, when... Even one time I got results from first attempt. Always fail, but I can learn. I can adapt and go ahead to get results. Can you tell failures that we can avoid? I mean, like, for example, okay, some failures we need to do to learn from them, but some failing we can learn before doing something. Any tips about that? Yeah, I think... uh... To answer that question, I think it goes, I think it starts with like having a structured experimentational system, like Mm -hmm. failing for the sake of failing makes no sense to me. (laughs) Like, and I've done it too. Like I've I've just said, you know, I've had the shiny new strategy mindset before where I went into something and um, was like, I just saw this on LinkedIn. Let's just, just try this out. Like with no real expectations and then it's bombed. And then I'm like, you know, why? Right. And then I'm like trying to retrieve what was the thought process? Why did I take this action? What was my expected result? And then you just wasted budget. You just wasted people's time. You wasted. And so it's a little, the way I see it for myself is like, it's a little inconsiderate. And that's just on me of like not thinking through all the way. If I take this action, what are the, the consequences? Consequences has a negative connotation, but it could be positive or negative. Right. So, um, really thinking through any initiative and laying out the expectations. Um, so that way you always have something to learn from. Uh, and I think that's like in, in, in any initiative should be your first step. Um, always be really thinking through the problem down to the solution. And then if the solution doesn't work out, like what can you do to get yourself closer to those uh, overarching KPIs that you're attached to? So um failure is good though Uh, i think that if you play it safe week to week or month to month the reality is that um everything is catching up extremely quickly or succeeding you like so if you're not on top of like what is the next creative strategy what are these different channels that are coming up like why are they important um or even if i say to uh our our over usage of tiktok right um there's a lot of interesting tests I've gathered from just like mindlessly consuming TikTok as well. So um, you have to be willing to go ahead and try those best practices and then start, you know, stretching and allocating a certain percentage of budget towards these tests because you really aren't sure they're going to work out, but it's good to, it's, you should always continually be testing and failing um, not at a huge loss, like you shouldn't dedicate 90% of budget to experiments, but like it should be consistent. It should be a part of your everyday. 
Yeah, I think consistency is very important. And uh, I don't know how to get skills, acquire knowledge without consistency. And uh, I like uh, this advice from uh, Mr. Beast. He told that you need to film 100 bad videos. You know, <laughs> how you can film a great video without filming 100 bad videos. And it's the same with uh, blog writing. It's the same with... Uh, social media posts you need to post to be consistent to fail in most cases but uh, when you acquire experience you can understand how to satisfy users customers and get results nesta i want to ask about your experience i often ask this question all my guests uh, because uh, i have audience who wants to know from scratch some of them students who are looking for ways to become an expert in one day, uh, someone, uh, entrepreneurs who want to know how to learn the basic to hire experts because it's hard to get results without understanding the basic. For example, if you want to lose weight, you can find the best coach. But if you don't eat healthy food, don't drink water, don't uh, work out, it's... You can't get results because the best experts can't help you. But if you know why it's important, you can get results if, if you can learn yourself. Uh, I'm interested about your experience. For example, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day in paid social. You know that TikTok exists, you know about LinkedIn, but you never set up any paid marketing campaigns. What will you do today if you started from scratch? Mm. Uh, this is good because marketing wasn't my first option at all. Um, yeah, so first day, I mean, you're it, it's it's um, first day, yeah. It, it's going through the basic courses that every every channel essentially has to do the ads manager. Mm -hmm. I think we try to skip the steps to say, oh, we're going to figure this out as we go. And then we see uh, what everybody else is testing. We maybe follow these industry leaders that they are saying, oh, you shouldn't do awareness campaigns on TikTok. I'm just throwing out something um, because X, Y, Z. You've never even opened up the platform and so maybe looking at whatever the best practices are and just working there. And then again, like then like bring yourself back to basics and fundamentals. I think that's going to win nine times out of 10. It's just getting the fundamentals right. Not trying to rush, uh, always be learning from other people. If it's the experts you see, like taper your, your expectations of you're going to do this strategy here, especially if you're at that learning phase, but always be trying to reach out to either your coworkers or people you've seen on LinkedIn who have a little bit more experience from you and always be kind of investigating and talking with them about, you know, how they've learned and what experiences they've had, what failures they've had. That's been, I think, um, the biggest thing that I've done that's helped me progress a lot was that even before I got into marketing, um, I think like six months before I got into marketing, all I did was listening to marketing podcasts. So I was listening to Dave Gerhardt. I was listening to Refine Labs, Chris Walker. I was listening to like uh, April Dunford on positioning and messaging. I was listening to all these guys um, and gals uh, on on marketing. And um, they filled me these my head with all these ideas. 
but I haven't even, I, I, I realized quickly, I didn't even have the fundamentals to execute it or even understand why it is that they're doing what they're doing at, at a high level. Um, so I really take a beginner's mindset with everything you're doing and, and learning to master the fundamentals before you start trying to do, um, strategies that you don't even fully comprehend yet because sometimes the simple stuff is the stuff that works uh it's getting the creative strategy right it's not doing these flashy ad formats it's testing audiences that that you know it's not just starting off with creative targeting it's actually like doing like how they've used to or how they've done it the last three years just starting out with an interest um so really master the fundamentals always be learning from your coworkers or uh, even people on LinkedIn that you've seen who are a couple years ahead of you um, and always be asking the question, uh, be willing to look like the fool to become the master kind of thing. Like I always have that in the, in the back pocket. Nice. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And my final question about the future. Um, marketing is a quickly changing world. Now we need to adapt. I adopted many times. Algorithms changed. New technologies came many things and marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital and uh, many things can come like augmented reality from Apple because Apple is going to launch this headset. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook failed to create virtual reality, but who knows, probably some other companies can create this virtual reality. So, I think many things will change the industry, especially when we have AI today. What do you think what kind of future will be in your crystal ball? It's funny. I, I kind of think about the future of AI and just all these progressions is the same as like um, when Excel first launched, everybody was freaking out because you had people manually writing you know, accounting numbers on a whiteboard. Um, and so everybody thought that all jobs would be lost and they weren't. They just evolved in the way that we, the way that we do things. I think that's essentially what's going to happen. Uh, when it comes to AI, I think it will become your Jarvis. I think you're going to have an assistant for all your things, your workflows to your time on your phone to um, even like your creatives, if it, like from a marketing perspective, I'll go there like how you analyze and look at data, like what are the possible solutions? It's gonna be able to spit out six or seven ideas of what possibly you could do next. And in terms of experimentation, it's gonna be a little bit easier because you're gonna have something that's one, one of the faults of ChatGPT right now is it's like long form history of like, you can't be have a continuous conversation for like, you know, months. So like what happens then when you have a continuous topical conversation around one specific subject that it has the history of data to be able to inform you. And it's able to learn and iterate as you continue to prompt over a year, over two years, you have Jarvis essentially. Um, so that's the way I see like everything evolving is like you'll have an assistant, but it's still on you to kind of consume varying content and not get too trapped into confirmation bias, which I think that that's what TikTok essentially does is like, it knows five people that all like this video about, we'll say the topic is Jim. Uh, and then these five people, like three of them liked unicorns. And so it starts consolidating these individuals based off their interests. And I think you can, the trap of uh, AI is that you can then just get trapped into your own particular interest, your own way of thinking. 
Um, so that's how I would see AI evolving into the day-to-day -day for everyone. Um, I think the key there is, is always exposing yourself to varying information and not getting so wrapped up in your own way of thinking that you forget that there's uh there's a different way. There's a different lens for everything. There's a different way of approaching everything. Um, that's the only thing. I, that's what I would see going forward. I don't know if that answers your question, and this is just off the hip, but uh, that's kind of uh, it. You know, uh, my crystal ball doesn't work. I tried a few times. <laughs> you know, it's unpredictable. Uh, I tried to buy crypto, and I got a strong feeling. Crypto will go up, it went down. So I I got it. Yeah. I can't predict the future. But I know one thing. If you adapt faster than your competitors, you will win. So whatever future will bring, you need to adapt. You need to think because 87% uh, of people uh, can't change habits fast. It takes time now to mm -hmm. change habits. But if you... Uh, of course, we have innovators who can create ChatGPT, who can create Google, but uh, you can become early adopter to anything that future will bring. So if you do it faster than others, everything will be fine. Nesta, it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you. I love it. So mm -hmm. valuable, fun. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. I think that'll be the easiest way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you could drop me a follow or connect with me. And um, I'm always open to conversations. And and uh, yeah, that's where, where you can keep track of me. Okay, guys, you can find the link to LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. I like this valuable insights. I follow you on LinkedIn and I recommend to anyone to follow too because you can see a lot of value. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.